Welcome to the Coffee and Catnaps Parenting Podcast. I am your host, Erin, and this episode is brought to you by Lake Country Sleep. Today, I have on a special guest expert, Courtney Traflett, who is a parenting coach. Courtney is a classroom teacher with years of experience. We'll tell you all about that. And she has brought her classroom management techniques into her parenting world and started helping other parents with their own parenting journeys. Courtney, I'm so glad to have you on the show tonight. Why don't you introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about who you are and how you got into this role as a parent coach. Awesome. Thank you so much, Erin, for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Um, so as Erin said, my name is Courtney and yeah, I've been an educator for just about 10 years now. I've kind of held a myriad of titles and roles within the school building. Um, I've taught multiple different grade levels, um, and then I transitioned to an instructional coaching position. So um, basically working with the teachers on campus to help um, improve their practice. And I really found throughout my time in the classroom and then my time as a coach that a strength of mine was classroom management and behavior strategies. And in conferencing with parents over the years, um, I've had just about 300 students in my care since I started teaching, so I've had a lot of parent conferences in my time, and I found that many of those parents lacked solid resources for implementing behavior routines and strategies in their own homes. They, they want to, but children don't come with an owner's manual, so they struggle, and really a mix of everything, all of those different pieces. I love coaching. I love being an instructional coach. Um, I love that role of being a coach and just knowing where my strengths were in the classroom, working with parents, all of that together kind of birthed my coaching practice. Um, I call myself a parent empowerment coach because um, I'm not like super nanny. Like I'm not coming into your house to, you know, change your children, but rather empowering you to implement the routines and structures to make the transformations happen. I love that. And my background is in education as well in the early childhood realm. So, you know, hearing you speak to your experience and having a strength as class classroom management is not, is, it's actually something that quite a few teachers can struggle with, especially in their first few years of teaching. Um, and I think, you know, getting a little more experience and just having the opportunity to be in the classroom 24 seven obviously helps. The important thing to note though, is that management can be a learned skill. So whether we're talking about a teacher in a classroom or a parent at home, this is something parents can learn techniques from and implement and see results. So I love that you are now doing this for families because it's like you said, children don't come with a manual. You know, we as educators have, you know, at least, at the very least, four years of um, a college degree. And, you know, that helps us to, to a certain extent. Um, but really, parenting, it's just, 
you have nine months to prepare and then you're thrown into it. So um, you and I connected online. I've been a part of your Facebook group. Can you tell us just a little bit about that? Sure. So I have a couple different um, online spaces that I kind of hang out in, but my biggest one and the one that Erin is referring to is my free Facebook group. It's called Positive Solutions for Overwhelmed Parents because I really want to focus on those solutions that I offer. And it's a wonderful community of parents um, that are just looking for some guidance and some help. And, you know, we have fun posts in there and we have, um, different giveaways and games and things. And then I make sure to drop a good amount of content about the, I call them parenting hot topics because we kind of see the same recurring themes. And um, I didn't mention earlier, of course, I am a parent myself. So I do take, you know, experiences that I have with my own son and, you know, we'll post about that just so we can all relate and even commiserate sometimes together. But that's my my one online space. And then um, I'm in the process of, you know, revamping my Instagram so I can reach more people. And then I do have um, some paid spaces as well, which I'll chat about later. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, so Courtney and I connected in there. We've been following each other for a while. And anything that she has put out into <laughs> into her spaces, um, whether it's, you know, coming into my inbox or I'm seeing it in her group, I just find myself saying, yes, 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 people need this. So um, make sure you go check her out. But tonight, Courtney and I are going to talk about her concept of buckets. Now, um, I know you had mentioned there's a book that I am actually familiar with and maybe other parents are familiar with. I know lots of teachers are. Um, and that's kind of where this, this concept comes from. But why don't you tell me um, just about this and what you use it for when you are working with parents as a coach? Yeah, for sure. So what Aaron's referring to is a book called Have You Filled a Bucket Today? And basically what that book refers to is more like building each other up and that's how we use it in the classroom is that everybody carries around this invisible bucket and when people are nice to you or they do nice things or they say nice things or they connect with you they fill your bucket and then when people you know thinking in like the elementary space when other kids are mean to you or they talk you know talk about you or tattle on you or whatever that they're called bucket dippers and they pull pull you know stuff out of your bucket and drain your bucket. And I did, I use this in the classroom as a classroom management technique for that reason, to try to build a classroom community. And we actually used cups and pom-poms and it was adorable and very visual, but it absolutely transfers into my coaching with parents because children do have, and I wish I could say it's, you know, my concept and I birthed it. I've just researched it a lot. Um, that it basically stems from the idea that most, if not all, behaviors come from a need not being met. And I also say it might come from a need that the child thinks isn't being met <laughs> because they feel like it's not being met. And basically, children have these emotional buckets, call them what you will, buckets, containers, cups, you know, pick your pick your container, it doesn't matter. But different research suggests that different buckets that, that there are different buckets for different things, um, depending on what article you read. But 
a there are some consistent buckets that you see. And one of them is power and control. Another one is attention or belonging or significance. You'll kind of see it called different things. And I do think that each child has some, some other buckets too, and it really depends on the child um, and how much filling those emotions need. But you definitely see that power and control bucket and that attention or belonging or significance bucket kind of across the board because those are needs for pretty much every kid. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when we think about basic needs being met, they need to feel safe and cared for and loved. Um, you know, obviously besides nourishment and sleep, uh, that's a basic need that they need to be able to um, learn, to be able to move on from one step to the next. So what are some things we can do to help our children and fill their buckets each day? Yes, I love that question. And I love what you just said about like base, these being basic needs in a sense. And I just heard this quote and I'm not going to lie, it was like 30 minutes ago, I heard this quote and it really made me go, wow, and it connects perfectly to this. And it said, when we're not fed love on a silver spoon, we learn to lick it off a knife. Hmm. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. oh like, gosh. mind blown. And that's so true with children, right? Like, oh, they're going to find, they're going to find a way to get their needs met, but it may not be cute. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, and it may not be safe and it may not be, uh, productive, you know, and that's when we see those behaviors come through. And I just thought that was so impactful. Yes, um, I love but yeah, that. talking about how we can fill these buckets, right? So let's talk about those two buckets that we kind of see again and again. So the power bucket um, or the control bucket. And there are so, so many ways to fill this bucket in particular during the day. A lot of times it's the parent that is struggling maybe to step back or let go. Um, especially we're talking about parents that tend to like to be in control or your A-type parents. So letting that control go can be really challenging. But ways we can do that is, um, you know, letting, uh, letting them make choices. You know, do you want to wear these pajamas or these pajamas? Do you want to eat bananas with your pancakes or blueberries? Like very simple choices. They're so impactful for kids to be able to feel like they're, they have some control. You know, I, sometimes children are given as much as one command per minute for their day. They're just, you know, you're rattling off things to, hey, go grab your shoes, go get your jacket, we're getting in the car, we're going to school, get your backpack. You know, we're just like rattling off these things, when to do, where to do, how to do they need some of that control. So we need to think about as parents how we can release that control some and allow children to make those choices when it's appropriate. And that will absolutely fill their power bucket. If we don't fill it, they're gonna fill it and that can look like tantrums or um, stomping the feet or arguing, talking back because they need to feel that control. When we're talking about belonging or feeling significant, another really important a bucket, a great way to do this is to have them help you with household contributions. I don't use the word chores with my parents. I use household contributions because it's a shared space. Everybody lives there. Everybody contributes. I'm talking toddlers and up. Um, so having them take part in that, you know, this is a shared space. We all live here. You are a significant part of this house and I need, we need your help. Um, sitting and reading with them 
spending uninterrupted time with them every single day. I recommend this to all of my parents all the time, um, that it is such an impactful thing to spend uninterrupted. I'm talking, put your cell phone away, unplug it, spend 10, 15, 20, how long as you have, <laughs> however long you have with your kid, with them choosing the activity, hello, power bucket, and calling it something. Uh, this is mommy and me time or daddy and me time or superhero time, you know, whatever it is, call it something, let them choose the activity and spend that time with them, connecting with them. That's going to give them that sense of belonging. It's going to give them that significance because you are making that time for them every day. Like this is their special time. Um, and otherwise involving them in decisions for the house, you know, paint colors, you know, whatever it may be and include them and involve them because that's how they're going to feel like they belong. I love that. Um, you know, this concept of buckets almost reminds me of, you know, the different love languages mm -hmm. and how, you know, each child has these specific languages too yeah. that they need. Um, but other buckets could be, you know, their other love languages as well Absolutely. as the two we're talking about tonight. So. Yeah, because, you know, every kid is different. And we just kind of spoke about that. Um, I go live in my group every Wednesday and we were talking about different things. And I, I brought up the concept of yelling and how there's a bit of research to say that children who are yelled at uh, constantly, like if that's the the way that parent reprimands, that there's some research that ties it to the same psychological effects as spanking. And somebody commented, one of my group members said, I wonder if this ties into love languages. Like if those whose love language are, is words of affirmation, if that yelling affects them more than a child who maybe doesn't, doesn't hang on and need that, that, you know, uh, those affirmations as much. And it definitely ties into this. I would say, you know, if you have a huggy child, you know, one who loves to snuggle and hug on you, that's a bucket that they need filled and they're going to find a way. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, something that I read about and love the concept of too is parenting different child children differently because yeah. they do have different needs. And this all comes back to this concept of what are their buckets. So something else that I teach my clients and my followers on Facebook and Instagram is that uh, there's usually some sort of power struggle when it's time to get ready for bed. Mm -hmm. I mean, kids going to bed isn't always a preferred activity because, you know, the fun has to end. It's time to stop and slow down and rest our bodies. And that's hard for some kids. Transitions can be so difficult. So I love the concept of bringing in the power bucket, especially the power and control bucket to the bedtime routine, because this is, you know, a time where you can have your child make a lot of the decisions throughout your bedtime routine. And I also like to call them preferred decisions because, you know, ultimately we know the routine is brushing our teeth, getting our pajamas on, reading some books, saying goodnight and going to bed, right? Mm -hmm. So 
we want to provide preferred choices for each of those steps of the routine. So could you give us a few examples and maybe walk us through a sample bedtime routine where we are able to give our child, our toddler, preschooler, some choices, some preferred choices? Absolutely. So the first thing I want to say about this is we want to make sure that we're not relying on bedtime for too much bucket filling because we don't want to like uh, wait all day long where they have no power and control and then we're like, boom, we're going to stuff it all in in these 20 minutes because if you do wait till the end of the day, you're going to either have seen unpleasant behaviors before you hit bedtime or bedtime is going to be like buck wild. So, however, if our kids know every night at bedtime you sit on the bed with them and read for 20 minutes, they're going to look forward to that time and it will certainly help fill that significance bucket. So I love that um, Aaron mentioned a bedtime routine. I'm a huge proponent of routines. It's actually part of my tagline, like routines are huge. However, routines don't necessarily have to be done in a certain order. So there's one perfect way to fill that power bucket you know that these four things have to happen before bed, right? Let's say you use a visual schedule. I'm a big proponent of that, especially when you're um, in a non-preferred time of day. If you find a certain time of day, getting ready for school, going to bed is a real you know, pain in the neck, that's a good time to implement a visual schedule to say, here are the things that need to be done to make this activity happen. So they've got their four things they have to do. We're gonna brush our teeth, we're gonna, take a bath, we're gonna put on pajamas and we're gonna uh, wash our face, let's say, <laughs> those four things. Let them choose what order they wanna get them done in. As long as they get them done, that's fine. There's something right there. Pajamas, does it matter which ones they pick out of the drawer to you, really? Probably not. Let them choose, it's huge to them and it's so insignificant to us. Um, if you know they get crazy temperature-wise, you know you live in a really cold climate, pull three pairs out and let them choose from those. You know, you can control the choice. Um, we just wanna make sure that the choices we offer are acceptable. All of the options are acceptable. That is not a time to try to trick your children into like, ooh, I wonder if they'll pick the one that I wanted them to pick. We want to make sure that all options are acceptable. Um, which books do you wanna read tonight? We can choose three books there. You've put your stipulation on it. We're reading three books. Which three do you want to read? Let them pick them. Um, you know, in the long run, if we over control our children, they're going to seek out control in negative ways. And really, at the end of the day, we don't control our children. We are accountable for them, but we don't control them, you know, permanent control. So we should be shaping our children to, to make choices and be assertive and learn how to, you know, choose from a group and also start letting them be independent. And as we offer choices to them, they're gaining a little more independence, which I know is hard when our babies are young, but you know, you got to start somewhere and choice is a great way. It is. I love that you brought that up because I feel like, you know, when they're little, we're just going to offer them small choices. Mm -hmm. And as they get older and can handle a little bit more, we can give them more. So at what point do you think it's appropriate to offer more than just two choices? Because I feel like there's, there's a line somewhere where more than that can be overwhelming for some mm -hmm. kids. So at what age do you think it's okay to say, 
which three books do you want to read tonight? Mm -hmm. Or which pajamas from your drawer do you want to wear? Whereas for some, you know, especially younger kids, like you open the drawer, they're just going to want to pull everything out, you know? At, yeah. at that point, I would just say, do you want to wear these or these? And they can point, you know? Exactly. And I think there's a couple of factors that we take into consideration for this question. The first is, are you new to offering choice or have you been doing it forever? <laughs> if, you know, it's something that you've started since, you know, they started walking and toddling around. Um, you know, my son turned one in December. So he's what, 16, 16, almost 17 months. He's between 16 and 17 months. So he's, you know, babbling a little bit here and there. He's walking. Um, he definitely, I could not open the drawer and ask him which pajamas he want because he would uh, be like a movie with them like thrown backwards, strewn about. But I do try, like after his bath, I hold up the two towels and I let him grab one. Does he really know at this point that he's making a choice? No, but it's almost like starting the training process. But that. if you're very new to offering choice, if this is something you're hearing this podcast and you're like, well, dang, this is like a great idea. I'm totally implementing this and your child is five. You may want to start offering two choices for them to pick from. I feel like five is what's coming to mind immediately as the sweet spot. But of course, it's going to depend on your child. And, you know, I work with a lot of parents of special needs children. And so we, you know, we take a lot of things into consideration with that. But there is definitely a point where you can transition from giving them the word bank, if you will, and they pick the words versus here's the empty crossword puzzle, have at it. Yes. And again, it's going to come back to, too, you know, parenting different children with different needs differently um, mm -hmm. and just figuring out by following your child's lead, what can they handle and what's too much for them and just scaling it back if you need to. So yeah, it's I love totally that. okay to tighten those reins if you need to. Yes. And you know, they're looking for us. They're looking to us for what are the boundaries and we as parents need to provide them for them. And I feel like, you know, giving them these choices, these preferred choices is a great way of doing that and filling their need for power and control at the same time. All right, Courtney, we have just about run out of time for tonight's episode. Can you please share with us where we can find you online? Because I know, like I said, you've been a wealth of information to me. Anything you put out there, I am like cheering on the sideline. Like, yes, people need this. Where can we find you? Thank you. That's so kind. Um, so my website's pretty simple. It's just my name, CourtneyTraflett.com. Um, I have a good amount of information on there about my programs. I have um, a handful of different programs. My one-on-one -on -one coaching programs are definitely the meat and potatoes of my business. Um, I work with parents for a number of sessions um, to get the transformation off the ground and ensure that their parenting toolbox is full to handle a multitude of situations that they may um, they may come up against. Um, I also have an awesome membership program. I call it my VI Parents Club. I love this so much. This is just an exclusive group of parents. They receive weekly group coaching. I'm actually heading there right after this interview. Um, we meet together. I offer coaching. We get to bounce ideas off each other. And then I bring targeted guest experts into that group. Um, I've brought a mindset expert, potty training expert, um, just whatever those members of that group need, I find their people. <laughs> um, 
If I'm not an expert in it, I will find the expert. And then I also host, what's really special about that group is I host virtual office hours where people can just pop in if they have a question. I just sit on Zoom and they pop on and we just do like a quick impromptu coaching with me. Um, so there's a, there's a page about that on my website too. On Instagram, my handle is Household Harmony because that is what we're all wanting. That is our ideal house, is Household Harmony. Everything kind of working together. Um, and lastly, I am on Facebook. As I said earlier, my Instagram page is being revamped as well as my Facebook business page, but please feel free anybody to join my group. It's called Positive Solutions for Overwhelmed Parents, and I would love to have you, and I'd love to see you in my club. <laughs> awesome. Courtney, thank you so much for joining me. This has been an, an awesome episode and everyone make sure you go and follow her in those different spaces, join her Facebook group. Like I said, it's, it's awesome. Um, I will also link everything in the show notes for you so you can easily find those things. And if you are looking for sleep resources, any pertinent information regarding your newborn, infant, toddler, or preschooler's sleep, please don't hesitate to check out LakeCountrySleep.com, check out the blog and the po other podcast episodes, Coffee and Catnaps Parenting Podcast, we are here for you. And make sure you follow along as well on Facebook and Instagram.